Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 15, verse 17. Let's go. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. The Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. So this is God making this covenant with Abram. At this point in time, his name is still Abram, has not changed to Abraham yet, as we will see coming up. Uh, not today, though. And he does this one-sided contract. It's not a, if you do this, then I. If, if I do this, then you. It is a, here's what I'm promising you. And I'm showing you this. And blood has even been shed for this contract, right? They sacrifice these animals so that normally two people would walk to them together to basically sign their contract as we would on paper or e-signature today in America or really all over the world. I'm assuming uh, most people use the e-signature and stuff now or with notaries and witnesses and all that good stuff. But here you just have God. And there's one witness, it's Abram. And he's the party to the contract. And he's witnessing God. It says, uh, where did it go? A smoking oven, a burning torch. So think about when God was leading them, that he was a cloud, I'm not looking at it right now. What is he? A, a torch by night, fire by night, torch by night, and a cloud during the day. He takes on these different forms. Again, back to simple basics. We've got one Godhead and three different persons. Persons: God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God and three different persons, equal but with different roles. Husband and wife, equal but with different roles. Men and women, equal but with different roles. Uh, so that's the idea here. And then before Jesus came to earth, he was alive, right? He wasn't born to God. God didn't have relations with anybody. He's always been around. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Same with the Holy Spirit. Same with God the Father. Why? Because we're talking about the Godhead. And so all three persons of the Godhead have been around forever as well. But before Jesus made his appearance on earth, his first appearance, right? Because he's going to make a second appearance. That's what we call the second advent, the second coming that will happen not at the rapture, that's not the second coming. First we'll have the rapture, then we'll have a seven year tribulation. He will come at the end of the tribulation, then he'll reign on earth for a thousand years, known as the millennial kingdom, and then we'll have the eternal kingdom, which is the forever. And But before he even comes to earth the first time, which he did about two, what are we in, 2022? So about 2,000 years ago, roughly. He would come and we would call it Jesus pre-incarnate. He would make this Christophany, he, he would, appear, but not in, you know, birth human form. He was just in his divine form, if you will. And it was just for a brief period of time, a, a passing moment, if you will. And he goes through and makes his contract with Abram. And he says, to your descendants, I have given this land. And God promised this to him. He says, to your descendants, to his descendants, to Abram's. This covenant will be fulfilled when Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation. He says, I have given this land. Did he lead Abram to this land already? Yes. So he's given him the land, but he doesn't have all the land. And it's not filled by his descendants because he doesn't have descendants at this point. He will, and we're going to see he tries to rush it, but he doesn't have any descendants at this point, but he will. 
verse chapter 16, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. So there's no children between Sarai and Abram. Then it says, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. He got, Abram and Sarai got two things from Egypt that turned out to really hurt them. One was wealth. It caused a division between Abram and Lot, and they went their separate ways. Uh, Just as wealth today causes a lot of family relationship problems uh, while people are alive, and then especially after they're deceased. People fighting over money and fighting over heirlooms and what we many people would even consider silly things and it just destroys relationships very sad i see it all the time in my business and the other thing that they got out of egypt was uh, at least one maid servant uh, they came out with multiple servants but one in particular hagar not that she was bad they just got her and this is a tool of uh, the enemy that would lure and tempt them even though God had made these promises. So he gets this maidservant. And so sir, we go on to verse two. It says, Sarai, So Sarai said to Abram, quote, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. End quote. So Sarai's rushing this thing. And I want to stop and tell you something at the risk of uh, you may not be used to hearing uh, this, but uh, I'm loose and like to have fun. And this was said in our youth group. I'm one of the sixth grade leaders. uh, And yesterday at church, the leader, the pastor said, all right, who here has been given bad advice? And people, the sixth and seventh and eighth graders started telling their stories. And this one person, a sixth grader, raises his hand and he says, well, uh, life is like a fart. If you Push it too hard, it'll turn out like crap. But if you just let it come out in due time, it'll be nice and smooth. (laughs) Everybody started laughing and the pastor said, you know what, that's not bad advice, that's excellent advice, right? We shouldn't rush things. We're on our timetable, we're in this microwave American society where we just wanna push. And Sarai's like, listen, Abram, I know God just made this contract for you, uh, with you, well, for you and with you. And you're 86 years old, Abram, and I don't think you're going to have any descendants because you don't have any kids. I don't have any kids and I can't have kids. So we're screwed. So you just need to go and have relations with our servant, Hagar, and then you have a kid and I'll claim that kid as mine. So originally, Abram had the bad idea, right? Which was to lie to the Pharaoh by saying Sarai was his half-sister and withholding key information that she was also his wife. That was horrible and she probably learned from that and not in a good way. So I'm guessing some bad ideas had rubbed off on Sarai because now Sarai tells Abram to have relations with their servant, right? Can you imagine? Be like, just go and have relations with someone, anyone, ah, her right there because we need these descendants because God promises us land. But if we don't push things ourselves, God's not gonna get what he needs as if we're smarter than God or we're bigger than God. Remember one key thing. God is infinite. We are finite. God is unlimited. We have limited, very limited thought, very limited understanding. We can be at one place at one time. God can be everywhere at one time. We can only live in the present. God can live in the past, present, future all at the same time. We can't read anybody's thoughts. We can only try to discern what they might be thinking by their mannerisms or movement, uh, their eye twitching, stuff like that. Think poker playing skills. God knows exactly what everybody's thinking. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head, 
the number of teeth in your mouth. He knows the thought before it even comes out of your mouth. And he knew that that thought was going to be there when before time began, before he even created you, right? Very big difference. And yet we always try to take things in our own hands saying, eh, God's not doing anything. I'm just going to push it. Hey, I'm there. I do that sometimes too. But we need to learn from this. So some guys listening to this are probably like, cool, great. I wish my wife would say, hey, see that lady over there? Mm-hmm. Go, go make another baby. But it doesn't turn out well for Sarai and Abram, and having external relationships or multiple spouses would not solve your problems. It would not satisfy your desires. It would simply compound the complexity and complications of your life and, and suck even more joy out of you. We can see this from different religions where you have uh, plenty of people in Islam, uh, Muslims do, who do this, plenty of Mormons who do this, plenty of secularists who do this, and just turns out poorly for obvious reasons, right? So here, Abram is 86 years old, 85 or 86. We're going to see he has the baby when he's 86, but right now maybe he's 85, 86. And Sarai is about a decade younger. So she's like, hey, Abram, I'm getting old and wrinkly, and we just got to take matters into our own hands or else God's not going to get what he wants. So this may have been customary back then, but still, it was against God. So be careful doing something and justifying it, saying, oh, it's just part of the culture around me. Instead, God calls you to a far better culture, one that is external and has external has eternal rewards for those who live counterculturally. Right in our society, we're like, I want to fit in. Facebook will kick you off if you say something that they don't like. And Jonah, that means if you say something biblical that aligns with biblical scripture, God's word, but it's against the culture and what are becoming norms of this day and age, they will ban you for a day, a month, or just completely kick you off. Same with Twitter, same with a lot of these companies. It doesn't go both ways. They're just like, well, whatever our culture is, if you say something against that, we're just going to kick you off, right? That's culture. God calls you to live counterculturally. If you're just blending in and fitting in with the culture around you, I would bet my life that you're not saved. I would bet anything that you're not following God. Because if you're following God, you're going to live counterculturally. You're going to live contrary and opposite of the way that the world is living, the way that the world is thinking, the way that the world is spending their money, their time, their resources, their energy, the way they're talking, all of that. God calls us to live counterculturally, not to blend in, but to be a light on a hill, right? We're not to hide. We're not to be afraid of who we are in Christ. We're to share that with people lovingly, not obnoxiously, lovingly. So tomorrow we're going to pick up in verse 3. Uh, let's finish verse 2. I don't think I said I read that. Um, yeah, the end of verse 2 says, And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. So he listened to her, kind of like Adam did in the garden. And don't take this, oh, guys, don't listen to your wives. No. <laughs> I'm just saying that we got to be careful whose advice we listen to. Are we listening to our spouse, whether that, you know, uh, husbands to wives or wives to husbands, or are we listening to God, right? Because our spouse isn't always going to have the best advice, and we as a spouse are not always going to have the best advice. So may we and our spouse both heed the advice of God and look to Him, live counterculturally. Lord, thank you so much. Help us to live counterculturally. Help us to see the world around us and not see the world through their lenses, but with a worldview through godly lenses, Lord, through the lens of Christ. Help us to see the hurt and the pain that's out there. Help us not to join in sin. Help us to resist that temptation, that sin, 
no matter how alluring it may be, may we not bite. Lord, may we, may we resist it. We don't want to get hooked to things in the world. We want to get hooked in the things of God in the Bible. Give us the strength to do this and help us to go out today and tell one person, one person about Jesus. Help us to pray one extra prayer, not to earn your love, Lord, but just to press into you. In your amazing name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message, this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.